What are we discussing on today's podcast? Well, we got a crossover with Paul Holden of Locked on Rockies, and we're doing a very D-back-centric podcast. How legit are the D-backs, he's wondering? How far can they go in the postseason? Can they really take the division crown from the NL West Kings, Los Angeles Dodgers? Discussing all that on today's Locked on Diamondbacks crossover. <laughs> Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans, Paul Holden here from the Locked On Rockies podcast, bringing you a special Locked On podcast crossover event between locked on diamondbacks and locked on Rockies joining me. Whoa, whoa, oh, there it oh. is. I'm, I'm just, you know, you're, I'm not as experienced in our new fangled studios as, uh, as our guest here today, Miller Thomas, I should say co-host on this magic carpet ride. That is a locked on podcast crossover event. And today on the pod, we're going to kind of dive into, yes, these teams are playing right now, but we want to talk more about direction of these teams, moves these teams need to make. And I'm especially interested in the Diamondbacks as well, because currently, what is that? As of recording, it's sitting just at about 10 games above 500. Yeah. Looking good against the NL West to start the year. Oh yeah. Are you are you ready to call? We we've we talked earlier, so it's a, it's a similar question. Are you ready to call the Diamondbacks legit? You know, I've been trying to stay cautiously optimistic on this team the whole year because at any moment the real the rug could be pulled out underneath me. I've seen this team the last couple of years. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Paul, back in 2021. This was like a 52-win ball club. Last year, they were a little bit more competitive in the low 70s. And now to see this team go from 50s to the 70s to potentially they're on pace for like 90 the low 90s in the win total. They're the number one wild card. They're keeping pace with the Dodgers in the NLS. Week by week, I'm trying to reserve and contain how excited I am for this season and the rest for the rest of the season and this team. But it, it, it's hard for me to not say this team is, is not at least legit in the sense of this team can make the playoffs. They should make the playoffs and they should at least be a wild card contender. Maybe they're not ready for the World Series or the big stage, but this should at least be a team that competes when they make the postseason from what we've seen so far from the regular season. Well, and when you kind of compare and contrast these two teams, what we've seen of these two teams so far this season, it's not necessarily been close. I mean, I guess some games have been close back and forth, kind of classic Rockies D-backs. But the game two, for example, in the latest series between these two clubs is a prime example, I think, of when you can kind of see that the Diamondbacks at their best are better than this version of the Rockies at their best. Mind you, the Rockies are dealing with some big injuries that I think would 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 help them against a team like the D-backs. But I think you can sit there and say at least you're more confident with how this season and with how the plan is progressing for the Diamondbacks versus the Rockies. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad to inform you, Paul, that after losing two out of three to the Boston Red Sox, I was like, all right, we got a little bounce back series coming <laughs> against the Colorado Rockies. Maybe we could take three out of four because you know, the D-backs have looked really good against the Rockies this year. And it's not like the Rockies are just rolling over in these games because like you just mentioned, even in game one, they took a four nothing lead in that game in the first couple innings. The D-backs came storming back, but that's just kind of been the D-backs way this season. Like they've been one of the most persistent and resilient teams. I think they're second to the Baltimore Orioles in comebacks this year year so 
when I see D-backs versus Rockies on the schedule, it makes me a little bit happy because I do think the D-backs can take advantage of the Rockies because the Rockies have dealt with some injuries this year, like you've mentioned. Some of their starters in that rotation have gone down. The lineup, I mean, CJ Cron's not playing right now as well, right? So it's like some of the better Rocky players just aren't playing. Ryan McMahon can't carry a franchise by himself. He's going to need some help from Chris Bryant and some other players on that team. So right now it's an advantageous matchup for this Boston, not Boston Red Sox, for this Arizona Dimebacks team, almost called them the Boston Red Sox. Um, and I, I and I like the fact that they were going against the Colorado Rockies because I think this team matches up well against this Colorado Rockies team who are just a little bit devoid of talent right now with some injuries and some offseason moves that left some people to uh, scratch their heads. It's interesting too. One one interesting fact and one stat that was set in this series, and I think it highlights uh, the, the something that I've talked about a lot, and I think it's something we did touch about the first time we we talked this season was the D-backs are embracing this new style of baseball. I think they were a team that welcomed stealing more bags, being more aggressive. The Rockies haven't given up that many stolen bags in two games, I think ever in the first two games of this, of this season of of this series. I mean, there's some players on this D-backs roster that if they get a single, if they get walked, it's almost like a double because they're going to take off on you. And, and, and that's not, and you can't sit here and criticize the Rockies too much on that because Elias Diaz and the Rockies have been really efficient at throwing runners out this season. So it's a testament to the D backs to say, not only are they stealing bags, but they're stealing bags against some, a, a catcher that has had success this season at throwing runners out and they're doing it a lot. And, Man, that's that. What a way to start an inning, and what a way to start a game when you can get uh, was it Burns on? I feel I, I can't remember who it was, but it's like as soon as it felt like five of any any one of these guys of the of the Diamondbacks roster, if they get on, they're a base stealing threat. That's what it feels like. Yeah, and entering the season, one of my big, bold predictions for the D-backs this year was the fact that they might lead the National League in stolen bases. I thought they were going to because when you look at this team speed, like you just mentioned, Corbin Carroll was the guy yesterday where he had that walk in like the fourth or fifth inning or whatever it was, and then he gets on with one out, and he steals second base. He steals third base with one out, and now Gabriel Moreno, all he has to do is hit a sack fly, and basically – Corbin Carroll himself created that run scoring opportunity with his speed. And this D-backs team have used their speed the entire season to their advantage. I think they're like number one in extra base taken. They're number one in run scoring percentage when their players get on. Like their team speed has been so valuable. Corbin Carroll already has 16 stolen bases. Jake McCarthy has seven. He spent like a month down in the minor leagues. Rojas has six. Perdomo, Marte have five. Like, this is going to be one of the fastest teams in baseball. And like you said, with the new rules, with the fact that you can't just throw over constantly over to first base, you only get like two pickoff attempts now per plate appearance. So it's like, if you're trying to keep Corbin Carroll on first base, it is, it is almost impossible. Once your pitcher throws over one, Two times. Corbin Carroll's like, all right, I'm taking off. We saw it yesterday. Once he sees the guy's not throwing over to first, it's like, all right, next pitch, I'm gone. And that's what Corbin Carroll does with their bigger bases, with the lack of pickoff attempts. And I think the fact that there's a pitch clock now, there's just a little bit more. You have to think a lot quicker if you're a pitcher. You have to process so much more. And so they just might not be as aware uh, as to the runner anymore you know they might not pay as much attention to the runner as they have in the past because they only have 15 seconds 20 seconds to think about what's the next pitch they want to throw how they're going to attack the batter so now you're like you know what let me not worry about the runner let me just focus on the batter at the plate and it leads to so many more run scoring opportunities with the d-backs and i think their team speed has led to the biggest advantage for why this offense has been so good so far this season 
is this i mean as someone who's watching a team kind of dive fully into that style of play would you say it's a more entertaining product i, mean, I know i i do have to give our listeners a little bit of a grain of salt here because millard as was at the is at the forefront of all change baseball completely yeah. change it he, he if you love your dad's version of baseball you are not going to like millard's takes but I think it's a good way to kind of gauge actually like when I talk to you about it, it makes sense because you really do think about things in a different way and you think about tradition and baseball and why that's important. But then you kind of look at the logistics of the way the world works today. I'm just curious, Millard, if you think that it's led to not because the team winning is, is great, but has that also added to the experience, this team kind of diving in to that version of the game? I mean, you're totally right. I'm down for anything that restructures the entire format of Major League Baseball if it leads to a more entertaining product. If you want to make it an 80-game season, I'm down for that. If you want to put a fifth dude in the, you know, if you want to have two batters in the batter's box at one point, <laughs> you know, trying to both hit the ball, I'm down for pretty much anything that's a new rule that's fun and exciting. And for this D-backs team, I think the new rules have been so great because what has been the issue for the just for Major League Baseball in general the last few years. It's been the three true outcomes. That's been the thing that everyone has said has led to the downturn in entertainment purposes, right? It's all walks, it's all strikeouts, and it's all home runs. And with this D-backs team this season and the new rules, they're middle of the pack when it comes to home runs. What they do great is putting the ball in play. That's what these new rules have wanted to lead to, putting the ball in play. And the D-backs team is number one in the National League when it comes to batting average. They are not afraid to lay down a bunt. They're not afraid to steal bases. The D-backs want to create chaos on the base path i think that leads to such an entertaining product yeah you could watch a team like i don't know i don't even know who's leading the league in home runs but getting one walk and then hitting a home run like every fifth inning doing that once or twice a game to score all your runs i don't think that's that entertaining of a product the d-backs are one of the league leaders in doubles triples are getting a whole bunch of extra base hits you see a lot of sequencing when it comes to this d-backs offense double the next guy double then maybe get a single maybe get a walk like you get a string of hits together it leads to so much more action i think it's a better product than watching like your 2012 yankees just hit two to three solo shots in the game that's all you needed to win that game yeah, I think it's uh, I, I I think it is fun, and honestly, it's it's kind of fun when uh, teams like the Rockies and Diamondbacks meet up. And uh, I think there's a little rivalry still again, and I think uh, some stuff that always makes it interesting. I want to dive into that, but if you want to see the exciting D-backs or maybe your favorite baseball team, well, our friends at Game Time got you covered. Game Time is your spot for last minute tickets. And not only do they get you hook you up with last minute tickets, so you're not going to miss out on the big show, the big event, the big sporting event. Maybe if you're in the Denver area, you're thinking, you know what? I want to go watch that two time MVP throw up some beautiful, beautiful three-point shots and i know uh my uh, co-host today is absolutely loving uh rehashing the, the mvp uh there of the national basketball association if you want to see joker or your favorite uh go check out game time and they we got a great deal for you here uh they will help you get to the event of your choice with our promo code all you got to do is download the game time app use the code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms do apply create that account redeem code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
is a Locked On Podcast Network. We're free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. We're also live on your favorite streaming platforms, including YouTube, where I record my episodes live. I don't know how much live casting uh, Locked On Diamondbacks does, but if you ever want to hang out in the live chat, you can hang out there. Miller, not alive. Too too busy being the multi-sport creator that he is covering all sorts of greatness there in, in uh, the Arizona area. Uh, you can also find us on the SiriusXM app. Uh, all you got to do is just search Rockies Diamondbacks. You can find the game feed of your choice and all the play-by-play action of the Rockies and Diamondbacks. Check it out there. And shout-outs to all of our first listeners, our everyday listeners out there here on both the shows. Millard, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks are, in my mind, rivals because – not necessarily because of, of – I think there's, there's plenty of history in certain things, but – I view the Diamondbacks kind of as a barometer for the Rockies. I talked about this on one of my pods this week. I don't like that the Diamondbacks are good and improving while the Rockies are <laughs> stalling. I mean, we I, I can't sit there and say the Rockies have not bounced back. They were one of the better teams in the National League in, in May. I think the D-backs overtook them in this series for being the better uh, team in May. The, the Rockies were at one point the second best team in the NL in the month of May and have won a lot of series. I mean, there there is stuff, a positive stuff going on with this team. But I see a lot more positive and a lot more focus on direction with the Diamondbacks. So when I see that, that's when I kind of see the, the, the scales tip a little bit. And I don't like that. I kind of like it. And I think it's good for the NL West when both these teams are good. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that and just kind of Rockies Diamondbacks rivalry in general. Yeah. See, the thing is, Paul, I never, I didn't grow up as a D-backs fan. So I don't have like this long history of fandom and history when it comes to the franchise. You know, I quietly grew up a Boston Red Sox fan. I don't like to tell people to do that. So I came in. I was brainwashed for years, too. Don't worry. A New England family. I was thinking they were Boston was the whole thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I was the same way. Yeah, so I got late to the D-backs party. And so when I took over as a host in 2020, I kind of started my personal rivalries from there on out. And when I look at it, D-backs versus Rockies over the last three years, I never considered them a rival because I felt like we were kind of in the same class because 2020, 2021, and 2022. In 2020, the D-backs were 5-5 five and five against the Rockies. In 21, they were 9-10 against the Rockies. In 22, they were 9-10 against the Rockies. These two teams have basically played each other even the last three years. They both haven't been that good the last three years, so I couldn't even call them a rival. I'm like, it's like looking in a mirror, so it's hard to say they're a rival. It was the teams like the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants I had real vendettas against because they would just smack us around in all these series and you see them at the top of the standings while me and you were fighting for the last place, the basement, the last few years. So it's like, I can't say I'm fighting and in competition with the Colorado Rockies because it feels like we're on the same plane in the same tier. But now you fast forward to 2023 and the D backs look like they're pulling up their big boy fans finally and trying to shoot their shot at the King in the NOS. So we'll see if that continues, but hopefully the Colorado Rockies could come around. I know they're a team that, always tells their fans and their fan base like they're not too far away from a World Series. And you know what? Ryan McMahon, he looks like a real piece. Elias Diaz, I didn't know he was having that type of season until I saw him rolling against uh, rolling in this series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Still got Chris Bryant. There's some pieces there in that lineup to start making up ground in the NLS. I mean, with the Padres looking the way they do, I mean, they're still loaded with talent. I'm sure they're going to be back in the mix this year and probably the next foreseeable years. The Dodgers aren't going anywhere. The Giants are always interesting. But I do think there's probably a path 
where the Rockies could start turning the ship around and maybe it won't take, you know, be like a seven year rebuild to turn it around. It could be two to three years where the Colorado Rockies could at least be good and relevant again, I think. Yeah, depending on on some of the moves they make in this willingness. I mean, this it's an interesting front office with the moves they've been willing to make and the moves they haven't made. It's just a, a depending on what they do. So. Uh, and, and I want to dive more, I guess, into this idea here in segment three, but I want to kind of focus on it here. How legit of a shot do the D-backs have at the Dodgers? I mean, I think when we're as we're looking at it, the Padres are going to come back. They're going to fight for a wild card spot. But mm-hmm. again, man, I'm going to have a take that looks goes back from that. St- I have been over all of my takes on the round. <laughs> okay. I swear I've if, if people went back to our season preview round tables and just I would be a, a laughing stock on some of my on some of my takes. But uh, I, I think the Padres will fight back. I've never count the Giants out until it's like late in the season because it's the Giants. They're always annoying. How much how legit of a shot do the D-backs have at taking down the Dodgers? And how impressed have you been with the team's early season success against the Dodgers? Yeah, it's so hard to say because you're so your brain is so like foggy with the results you've seen through the first like 60 games of the year. Right. So from what I've seen so far, it's like it's hard for me to not say that the D-backs are not right there, right behind the Dodgers. Of course, I think the Dodgers are a better team, but the D-backs from start to finish have been keeping pace with the Dodgers. If they do beat the Colorado Rockies, because of course, we're recording this Wednesday before the game. If they beat the Rockies in today's game, they'll only be a half game back of the Dodgers in the NLS who already lost in Wednesday night. So the D-backs have been keeping pace with the Dodgers all season, which is really crazy. And I look at the D-backs team on paper, I'm like, the, the Dodgers don't scare me when I compare them to the D-backs. I think the Dodgers have more talent, but they got some old, crusty guys in the Clayton Kershaws of the world. After the Freddie Freemans, the Mookie Betts, and the Will Smiths, their lineup takes a little bit of a dip as well. So I do think they're this Dodgers team is still elite. It's still going to win 90-plus games, but I do think they're a little bit more thinner in terms of their depth than they have been in the past. And you look at the rest of that division, like, the San Diego Padres were like my pick to win the division before the season. I still think they're going to turn it around, but it's hard for me to say that that team is better than the D-backs right now. Despite having three MVP caliber players, the rest of the lineup, I mean, those caliber, those MVP players aren't exactly living up to standards. Manny Machado has been hurt this year. Um, their rotation has been a little bit hit or miss. The Giants were a team I didn't believe in. My bold prediction on that roundtable was the D-backs finishing better than the Giants because I thought the Giants were just an overrated team. Of course, the Colorado Rockies don't exactly look like they're going to be in the mix too much. So when I look at the D-backs compared to the rest of this division, I think the Padres can turn it around. But right now, they suck. So I got to put the D-backs ahead of them. (laughs) I've said all season long, preseason, in the season, Giants are frauds. Rockies are right there at the bottom. So right now, I do think it's coming down to the D-backs and Dodgers. Obviously, so early in the season, the D-backs can definitely regress. Maybe some guys get cold. Maybe Zach Allen gets hurt. You never know what can happen. It's a crazy long season. We still got like 100 games left, which is wild. But as it currently stands after 60 games, it's hard for me to not say the D-backs are not least favorite to finish second in the NLS at this point. Is the NLS overrated? overrated that's a good question it's not overrated because first of all the two centrals american and national league those are the two worst divisions in baseball so those are absolutely trash um the al east i mean not the al east the nl east you could say that division's overrated because the mets have been mediocre the marlins are right the phillies have been mediocre like when i compare the nl west the nl west is still probably it's either the second or third best division i think the al east is pretty easily the best division because they could potentially send 
their whole division to the playoffs because that's how I, I don't even know if they could send because I guess you can only have three wild card spots. So they could send four of their five members to the playoffs because that's how deep that division is. And that thing comes down between the two West, the AL West and the NOS. You got the Rangers, you got the Astros, still got the Mariners and Angels. I'll probably put the AL West above the NL West, but I wouldn't say the NL West is overrated. I don't think it's as good as it has been in the years past. And I do think it'll get better as the season progresses because, like we said, we think a team like the San Diego Padres will turn it around. But as it currently stands, it's still the third best division in all of Major League Baseball. And it's way better than the two Centrals, who are absolutely disgusting. Like, if the Colorado Rockies were in the NL Central, the AL Central, I might pick them to potentially win that division. Well, and I think that's a fair point. I think the Rockies and the Diamondbacks would benefit would be two teams that would benefit greatly from from realignment. I think honestly, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I think the NL West I, honestly hasn't made a lot of sense, especially when you compare it to the AL West. Personally, I think the the way the map looks and the way that everything looks, there could be uh, that's a, a, a baseball conspiracy theory of mine that I think. But we're talking NL West, and I want to stick with that here as we head into segment number three because. I want to ask you, Millard, here the question of does it really matter about winning the division? We'll do that coming up here in segment number three. This is a Locked On crossover event. Miller Thomas of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Paul Holden of the Locked On Rockies uh, podcast. We are hanging out with you all here on this wonderful, wonderful. It's a, we, we want it because people are going to be like, you know, hey, there's still baseball action going on. We want to get philosophical on this episode. Mm. So I want I want to go into our final segment here. With this question, I've kind of been thinking about a lot lately, especially since the World Series last year in the Phillies run. And in a division like the NL West, still a very good one. I agree with you, Millard, on your take there from segment number two. I think the NL West is still a great division. It is not the best division. I'd put it better than the AL West, though. I, I think the okay. Oakland A's honestly are the biggest outlier <laughs> to, that changes that. But uh, the fair. Texas Rangers are legit. Uh, uh, I think uh, there's a lot of legit teams in that division as well. And I think it's going to be a really interesting race uh, for, for there. But does it really matter to like for the Diamondbacks? Say they continue this great seat. Things are going. They and they finish the season hot and and, and they finish as potentially the third wild card. I mean, it, it, it might not be that, especially when you look at where the D backs record is right now. Sit, so, I mean, when you're sitting, sitting pretty at nearly 10 games above 500, you're, you're, oh, you're yeah. fighting for more than the last wild card spot for sure. Does it matter about winning the division in the wild card era? I mean, of course there are, there are, there is stuff that matters, but, but Philly made it to the world series and they just kind of ran into a juggernaut there. There's going to be perfect storm situations where, the division win isn't necessarily all doom and gloom for a team or not winning the division, I should say. Yeah, and this might just be a trend in all sports that we're starting to see where it just the chasm between the regular season and the playoffs are just starting to become a greater divide, it feels like, year by year. And it's not just baseball. We also see it in basketball where you had the seven seed Lakers going against or I think the eight seed Lakers going against the Denver Nuggets. And you had yeah, the eight like yeah, and you like you have the eight seed Miami Heat now in the NBA Finals, and then you look at the World Series the last few years when you had the Phillies as a sub ninety one team, and the Atlanta Braves win the World Series as a sub ninety one team. I think sports are showing you more than ever. 
Don't put all your eggs in the regular season basket. The regular season there is to make sure you solidify a spot for the postseason. And then once you make the postseason, that's when you want to hit your stride. You don't want to peak too early in a season. We see in the NFL all the time, teams that start off 5-0, and 6-0 like the Arizona Cardinals and then just flop in the second half of the season. I think in sports, it's more important than ever to make sure you're peaking as you go into the playoffs. You want to be healthy and getting right as you go into the playoffs. And then once you get to the postseason – Things dramatically change. We saw the Dodgers last year where they set franchise records and like runs scored and wins. And then all that led to nothing for the L.A. Dodgers. Right now, if you make the postseason, if you make the dance, anything can happen, which is the greatest thing in sports. Right. When we saw the Giants go on that run and I'm talking about the NFL Giants, when we saw them go on that run in the wild card and then go take down the undefeated Patriots. Like that was a great time because they were able to make it as a wild card team and then go on this magical run. We've seen it now in baseball. We're seeing in basketball. I think it's just showing us the regular season. It's fun. It's entertainment and you need it to make the postseason. But you, you can only put so much into the results just because a team won 110 games just because a team dominated the whole year and won their division doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate over to the playoffs i think we see that a lot with the tampa bay rays who year by year are just like a 95 to 100 win team they make the postseason and it's like ah they kind of just are too too stuck in their analytical ways and sometimes they need to be a little bit more flexible when it comes to things so i don't think winning the division matters that much i think making the dance being healthy and peaking at the right time is the most important thing in all sports right now. Does it dilute the playoff experience or, or meaning I, cause me personally, like I, I, I don't care if my team's a wild card team, they made it to the playoffs. Even if, even mm-hmm. when baseball did the one game thing and they, whatever people want to say, that's fine. Especially maybe I'm just a dejected Rockies fan who needs to take any postseason experience that I can get. I have never felt like the expanded playoffs or have diluted it too much. I, I think it's really more diluted the regular season, which is fine because all in all, it's only ever, the, I hate to boil it all down there, but really what people care about and what people focus on and the big conversation when you're talking legacy is postseason and postseason results. I mean, the Rockies have had above 500 seasons, but they never won the division. I mean, yeah, but they've also had, a world series appearance and there's some, so, so there's still success there. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't think the playoff expansion, I think we've, we've kind of hit the limit of where we want to go for yeah. expansion personally, but maybe it, I could be, I could be wrong. I maybe uh, you play the regular season and that just sets the seeds for a crazy. Everyone's in at the end of the year tournament. Maybe that's the ultimate way. I don't know, but I, yeah. I don't think we've, we've diluted the product by it, but I'm curious if you think any of that has. No, it's hard for me to say we diluted the product when wildcard teams are making it to the World Series and playing teams are making it to the NBA Finals or the Final Four. So it's hard to say. We got an eight seed that beat the greatest, one of the greatest teams ever put together this year, people were saying. So it's like it's hard to say more playoff teams dilute the playoff product when the lower seeds who are just making it via expansion are now taking down the number one seeds. Like maybe we need a greater incentive for the number one seeds, but the playoff expansion in all sports, I thought it was going to be kind of bad because, like you said, I thought it was going to dilute it. But it's actually put a greater emphasis on the regular season. And more teams now believe that they can make the dance. And when you have teams like the Philadelphia Phillies, like the Miami Heat, making it to the World Series as a wild card and playing teams, it only adds to the credibility of the playoff expansion, adds to the credibility of let's take the regular season serious. Once you get to the postseason Anything can happen. And so I actually like that the baseball has added more teams. I didn't like the one game wild card just because after 162 games, I just need one more than 
one playoff game for my team. Like I'm so invested in the season. I'm so invested in the playoffs. And then just a one and done, just like that. One guy could get hurt. My pitcher could get hurt. And then I'm done. So I think the playoff expansion has been beautiful for all sports. I love the emphasis is put on the regular season. Like to do what the Oakland A's are doing and really not try at all is like actually impossible because the Oakland A's are one of the better teams at just finding talent and just putting random players on the field and putting together a competitive product. Like, did the Oakland A's want to? They could probably put together a wild card team, but they're trying to tank out this season and get that number one pick and move to Las Vegas. So it, it's sad what they're doing o- over there in Oakland, but I think more teams more than ever are like, why would we tank? We could get that playoff money. We could get that playoff revenue, get our younger players some experience as well and you're going to get a greater fan base you're going to sell more tickets sell more merch when you have a good product on the field that's what so many owners miss if you want more money in your pockets you got to put money on the field you got to have a good product and so i actually love playoff expansion at first i was like you know what i agreed with you it was going to dilute the playoff product but we haven't seen a dilute the playoff product yet we've seen all these expansion teams make it pretty deep in the in the playoffs if not win it all and then it's add to it's added to a greater increase in importance in the regular season i think it's helped in all areas of sports really yeah i'm uh, i'm with you there I, I i think it's also i think there's a little stuff and you can see it as I, i'm i'm still kind of salty i think it's a lot of people that really just want to focus on certain markets certain teams they don't like that they have to deal with the denver nuggets miami heat finals well poo on you that's where the, that's how it shook out and that's and that, and i like that just like i like it when the nationals are winning the world series and other teams that aren't these you know these big name baseball clubs i really could care less about some of these big market teams winning again I, and you know so i think the Rockies and Diamondbacks being good and having a shot at the show or at the dance is always important. Millard, that's going to do it for us today. Rockies and D-backs still in action, wrapping things up here on uh, the uh, their final here in the game here on the, this Thursday. But Millard, where can people go stay up things with all things you and any last closing Diamondbacks thoughts for people out there? Actually, a basketball thought because I'm a Lakers fan. Just want to say shout out to you, Paul Holden, for your team making it to the NBA Finals. I thought (laughs) I was saying Lakers in six ended up getting swept. Shout out Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic. He's that guy. It's his league right now. So he, if he wins the ring this year, he's got the belt of proverbial best player. If you want to catch more Locked On Dimeback stuff and actually hear about baseball, Locked On Dimeback streaming on all platforms on YouTube, Locked On Dimebacks there, Apple, Spotify, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the show handle. He does a ton of great stuff. You can't miss out on what Millard's doing. And hey, Rockies are fun. But the Diamondbacks, I hate to admit this, might be a little bit more fun. But there's plenty. Won't be the last time the two of us hop on a pod. You can find us free and streaming on your favorite streaming platform. You can also find us on the SiriusXM app. You can find me, Paul Holden, at Paul Holden 33 and Locked on Rockies as well. Folks, until next time, this is Paul Holden saying so long from the Locked on Podcast Network.